let's say China. Years ago, H.G. Wells visualized roads such as these in his science fiction fantasies. And today they're a reality. You're listening to the afternoon commute. Welcome to the Afternoon Commute with Chris Kendall and John Adams. Today is January 31st, 2017. If you'd like to hear previous episodes of the Afternoon Commute, go to hoaxbusterscall.com and you'll see those posted up there alongside the most recent episode of Chris's Monday Night Broadcast, the original Hoaxbusters Call. Also posted up there are various articles and videos. Some of those are original in nature, so make sure you check those out. Bringing all things Hoaxbusters, go to hoaxbusterscall.com. Today, Chris, it's been a while. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. How you doing out there in uh, on the byways, highways of H.G. Wells' visions of the future? It's here, John. We're here. We're in the future. It's 2017. We are, and you're enjoying. We sure, the... we sure are. Yes, yeah. John is taking in all the benefits of living in modern America in the the city of the future on the roads of the future too yes I'm currently driving down a road that was probably first paved in the 1800s of some sort sure (laughs) and uh, going to Kept in my eleven-year-old uh, car. So, just think of how I'm, how fortunate you're not not to be driving on cobblestone. Just think think that as you're doing your commute back and forth to work. Yes, yes, but you see, back in the days of cobblestone, the commute was much shorter. Well, yeah, it's all a trade-off, I guess. We it made is. Just, yeah. That's how the well, future works. I didn't make you aware of this, Chris, but I make you aware of this every year. Is uh, We're going into February tomorrow. It'll be um, another year of Hoaxbusters calls. So uh, three years of Hoaxbusters calls, or afternoon commutes and HBC special reports. How about that? Third year, wow. Yeah, that's... That was um, this. That's the tomorrow's the third year anniversary of the afternoon commute. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's uh, yeah. So yeah, is it um, season three? We, season three. Season season three afternoon commute season three. Season three. We, we have a we have a lot of episodes. There is a lot. <laughs> Our season. In our seasons, yes. So, so that's uh, say, you have to remember to announce that. Welcome to the afternoon commute, season three. Season. There's probably about ninety six episodes every season. Every season, there's ninety six. Is that yeah, right? No, about. how could that be? We're doing once a week, 96- and there's. 52 weeks in a year. So 96 total oh, over the past in the to- totality. I'm, I'm just guesstimating because sometimes we do um, we do uh, two week, two episodes a week or something, you know, something like that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a guesstimation. It was not a, an actual approximation. But yes, we do at least 52 episodes a year season at the very least yeah i just realize you know it's like there's just hours upon hours of uh, like if i took all the times i stop and say uh or huh or something like that and com- and strung those together I, I wonder how long that would go just by itself if i took all of those files and Put all my stammering well, in there. Hopefully that, hopefully that will um, 
that will get some. Somebody should do a mashup, probably. It's <laughs> <No. laughs> uh. a good idea. The um, well, I'd like to thank all of our friends who uh, you know always uh, support us. Tim at Fakeologist. Like to uh, thank uh, Dino for coming on board this year with the uh, HBC Special Reports and the Punk Rock and uh, the guys who help out with that, Richard and uh, Masonic Youth. All those guys are over at the Four Horses Asses of the Apocalypse at blogspot.com. Um, Jay Dyer, Jay's Analysis, always uh, helping us out this year and... Um, Good, good information. Uh, his um, revelation in the tragedy and hope about the nukes is particularly interesting for the um, discovery this year. Carol Quigley thought nukes were fake. Um, see other people. Uh, Aaron Franz over at Trans Resistor Radio. Chris and I were just talking. Uh, you should go check out Aaron Franz's latest uh, podcast of, on uh, Trump. I like what he had to say on there. Yeah. Um, let's see who else. Uh, who else posts their stuff? Questioning our reality blog. They always um, post our stuff over there, and that guy's got some really good posts. I don't know him personally, but um, but uh, he posts. He reads books off of my recommended reading list, and then after he does it, he does a little review of the books and um, always gives me credit for shipping into the books. He actually posted something up there the other day. Uh, he posted a thing about this book that I I own, um, uh, but I've never talked about it. And actually, I haven't opened it in a long time, but it's a book called Mass Culture in the uh, Popular Arts. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, uh, yeah. I saw that on his site. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I own that book. That's a that's a good book. That's an interesting book. So I, de- I definitely he does uh, make the recommendation there. I definitely recommend that book too. Um, obviously, coming from the critical theory perspective, but there is some interesting insights in there. And um, uh, of course, uh, guys over at Gnostic Media do good research over there, and. Uh, John just had Nino on there the other day talking about punk rock on the Unspun show. So that's cool. And, um, yeah, thanks, everybody. Uh, I guess I should include, uh, too, Propagander and... Oh, yeah, Propagander Morris. And then... Also, the, also the, the regular Sean, Kate Ahmad, Rochelle... Um, Jim S. Supporter. What's that? Jim S. Hoax Buddies Supporter. Jim S. And uh, the, the, uh, yeah, Michigan Mushrooms guy, Christopher. Oh, yeah, Michigan Chris. Clues Chronicle and Fakeologies. Fakeologist. Chronicles. Um, yeah, they had you on. That was a good interview. Um, yeah, September Clues. Mammy's shit. Mammy shit, that's right, yeah. I haven't talked to Delco in a while. I wonder how he's doing. Jews. September Views? I'm not familiar with that. No, September Jews. We should start a website called September Jews. September Jews? Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> It's 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 an it's needed. It's a September Jews forum. Yes. We just copy and Jews paste forum. stuff. What we do is copy and paste stuff from September Clues and then repost it and then add a little blurb on how it's something about a Jews and Jews whatever. forum. <laughs> the Jews forum. <laughs> <laughs> Juice for him. Good one. 
Well, you know, we, yeah, we're, let, let the uh, audience in on our, our little joke. Anytime there's something that can rhyme with Jew, we always say it. So it's like, if, yeah. if it's YouTube, it's, it's YouTube, right? It's right. just a joke. It's, I, I don't hate Jews. It's a joke, people. It's a joke. It's a way to hate on Jews without being called out on it. You say I you're joking. I don't. I know you don't hate Jews, Chris, and I don't hate Jews. Nobody hates Jews here. We. Well, my position nothing. is I don't know what Jew is. I, I don't know oh, who, yes. what they are. I decide, I, I'm clamoring for a, a true definition of what, a, what exactly we do, it means. We do have things... We do have discussions in the archives, if anybody's interested, on that particular subject. you just got to go peruse the 200-plus um, episodes of the Afternoon Commute. Right. It's all in there. The Afternoon Jumute. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. After Jew Commute? I don't know. Just trying to brainstorm. The After June. Are we, hey, what if we start spelling the month of... July with with J E W L Y. I'll have to remember to do that when I post. In June, J E W N. The month of June. That's where all the psyops happen in the month of June. June. Oh, yep. Ah, they concentrate them there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we that's have good. Dar- we could have the we could have Darwin month, and we could Darwin month, of course, is April. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my! Are we leaving anybody eight? else out? Are we leaving anybody out? Because I I like to show appreciations. Um, sure, we are. Me too. Yeah. Uh, there's there's lots of people who send us stuff, you know. Um, of course, longtime listener Don, he knows who he is. Um, Cyril, I won't say everybody's names, you know. They they know who they are. Um, uh, who else sends us uh, articles and things like that? Um, I don't know. Lots of lots of people have. Yeah, it's. It, it's from all kinds of different sources. Uh, too numerous to mention. Um, that article, Don, Don sent us a good article about adult diapers the other day. That's correct, and I watched the attached video. It's a guy that is sort of his, he, he's on the YouTube, and his specialty is to kind of, I guess, dig around on the in the sort of dark trenches of the interwebs and look at the... What is it? The fetish, the fetishism mm-hmm. in these forums. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 disturbing, and it is. Uh, I uh, you know it's, it's hard to for for me to come to grips with some of this stuff. I don't know what the what exactly is the. Uh, well, I mean, it's just yeah. There's strange there's stuff. really dark. There's really really dark stuff popping up. You know, recently Adam Curry was talking about. Um, did you hear that one on where he was talking about porn trends? I did, yeah. Yeah, so um he's talking about these porn trends and if you want to go to the dark places of the mind you can always um go look at what's trending in pornography. And the interesting thing about it is I highly doubt especially just, you know, you and you and me is, you know, growing up in the era of of like hardcore porn. I mean, we, we didn't grow up in the fifties, sixties and seventies where it was kind of, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, uh, soft porn. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. But eighties, nineties today, it, it was, you know, that's when hardcore pornography came out. And, uh, there's that word hardcore again. Um, mm-hmm. And then you go look at some of these trends that he was talking about, and they are very disturbing. Um, and like I said, I sincerely doubt that people are actually like thinking of this stuff themselves. I think that the 
that this is being put out there to stimulate fetish, right? Okay. To to create these fetishes, to put these ideas in people's heads. So yeah, there's there's basically a whole um, there's a whole subgenre of pornography that revolves around incest. Okay. It's role, you know. Obviously, I get at least I guess it, it's it's all role playing, and and Curry was talking about this. He was talking about how um, stepmom porn is very um, is very popular. And, and um, yeah, that uh, that was really uh, as a top search term, like a top search term that that yeah, people that, that is a top top search search term. Um, and so you see the way that they do it is the way that, that it breaks down a barrier. It's like, oh, well, it's, a, it's, you know, the person's stepmother, so it's okay. Right. But then the next thing, you know, then as soon as that becomes okay, you know where it goes from there. Right. Mm-hmm. So this seems to be a, a trend. And, um, the other thing that he brought up, which, I brought up before was that that is really big that I didn't even know existed. I had no idea this even existed. Um, I came across it by complete and total accident, but I'm not surprised considering that once again, growing up in the era of hardcore pornography, um, I remember seeing comic books like starting to have this like like you know these very uh, voluptuous characters. The, when, whenever it's a woman, this started probably about the seventies or eighties. They started out these like um, like these adult. They weren't adult comic books, but like the situations that were taking place within the comics were like more like geared towards adults than they were uh, children. Well, I remember sure. looking at this. I, I never subscribed to it, but I remember I, I would, you know, I, it was I, it's something that I, a lot of people do. You go to the, you go to a bookstore and then there, um, you hang out there and you kind of peruse books and then like you'll go to the magazine section and flip through magazines. Right. You know, it's like mm-hmm. just, just kind of to hang out or to kill time or just something to do. And, um, uh, yeah, I always remember there was a heavy metal magazine. You oh, yeah. familiar with that? And that was like a yeah, it had the adult themes, and some of it was it was pornographic. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and today there's just flat out anime porn. Right, that and that's just what Adam porn. Adam Curry brought up, which which I brought up as well. I was not aware of this, but uh, like I said, I'm not surprised considering the way that comic books had gone. And so, yeah, now there's just you can just uh, well, I don't know, I don't know if they still have it in print or anything else, but yeah, it's just full full blown pornography, but it's all cartoon characters. Um, and so yeah, you get into this fetish stuff and uh, you know a lot of it a lot of it is taking place over in Asia like Japan and um, even the newly I guess guess not newly but kind of the China that is now freeing itself up China China that's uh, becoming less uh less communist and more capitalist, uh, yeah, people become more leisurely and they become uh, they become more materialistic and sexualized as well. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, these fetishes uh, have, having to do with uh, <laughs> dirty diapers. It's uh-huh. pretty bizarre. But like you said, this is something that's trending. Let's say China. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding, Chris. There is a if you go if you go to Target, the adult diaper section is big now. Why is it so big? I uh, yeah, we talked about that before, and I took note of that one time, and like 
it, it, yeah, it, it hit me like now, why why but, why but wait. Little, why so many diapers? Adult diapers. But wait. I want I wanted to say this and I'm not I'm not saying this to your discredit. Just so you know, I'm not critiquing what you said. But do you remember the first time I brought that up? You couldn't even you couldn't believe me. Remember that? Yeah, I had a hard time taking that in. I, I was just right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you looked it up, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, it's true." Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's true. It's literally a trend to wear adult diapers. Shit. And then you found that clip of um. Of what's her face, uh, the Lisa Rinna, the soap actress. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. I think it was Ka- Ka- uh, Kathy Griff- Griff- Griffith Griffin. Kathy Kathy Griffin. Okay. Yeah, she she's interviewing Lisa Rinna, and she says, okay. "Oh yeah, I've got a doll. I'm wearing." She's like, "Oh yeah, I'm wearing one right now, right, or something like that." Right. Right. And we're talking about like a. Full-grown woman. Now, to be precise, there is a a uh, a sort of modern malady that affects different people. Like it's um, it's some term for it, but it's 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 the form of incontinence, like where you, yeah, you have some uh, leakage issues. Yes, yeah, like uh, oh, what is it? Uh, I haven't watched commercials in a long time, but I remember when they, they, they started pushing this idea of the, uh, it's like restless bladder syndrome or something like that. Yeah. Something that where you can't really hold it all mm-hmm. in. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if I even buy into that. Cause how, okay. So your bladder gets full and only some of it leaks out. Like how, What's going on? Why isn't the rest of it just leak out? Like, why only some of it? You see what I mean? Like, you oh, you can hold some of your pee, but not all of it. What What do you do? What's happening? I don't want to. Well, the trend, the trend right. in in Asia is is basically they don't want you to get up from your desk, so you wear the adult diaper, whether you're male or female. It's not just a male thing. It's basically don't get up from the desk, pee in your diaper. Uh, so you can work longer. And then basically the adults have just kind of said, well, you know, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And even when I'm going to go out to the bar, shoot, I'm not even going to take, I'm not even going to stop wearing the diaper. I'm going to wear the diaper to the bar. And they wear it wear, wear to the bar too, out when they're out and about. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, I uh, uh, so exactly. are people doing this here in the states as well? But it's it, it is more of a kind of a covert thing. I mean, uh, that, that's what we we've talked about it before. I I think the trend will will be, I think it's going to be trending upwards eventually, at some point. Like I said, you get, I take notice of these things. Last time I was in Target, which was a while ago, but it, you know, I guess. Probably like November or something like that. I was in the Target and I took notice of the fact that the adult diaper section was quite large. I was thinking, like, man, I don't even remember. I remember I used to walk into some place and they'd have like, you know, maybe one shelf of adult diapers. Now it's like a, a an aisle of adult diapers. Uh, uh, yeah. Like, but it was ostensibly in response to this, um, and and they and I'll, I'll, it was kind of reading up on it a little bit, and it was it was almost as if there's this epidemic of this problem that I I'd never heard of that before, like where you have that issue where you're going to have some leakage. Yeah, they, they and they make all these. Um they make all these pharmaceuticals for it as well, too. It's, okay. I can't I, remember. It's not restless bladder syndrome. It's it's something. It's something like that, and it's got the abbreviation for it. You know, if it, if it was restless bladder syndrome, it would be referred to as RBS, but I can't remember what it is. It's, okay. It's, I'll uh, look it up. I'll see if I can look it up. 
And then they've got like they've got uh, pharmaceuticals for it too because they used to have back uh, when I when I would see TV sometimes you'd see these commercials for it you know they'd see like they have this like fifty year old man he's walking through the park on a sunny day and he's happy and then the guy comes on and he's all you know uh, do you have leakage. Do you, you know, basically, do you want to stop that? And the guy's like, you know, it's just so funny, these commercials. It's like a guy running. And so the image is that, oh, this guy, he doesn't pee his pants. He's having fun at the park because he doesn't pee his pants. Right? Yeah. I I have that, too, but I put it in the toilet. (laughs) I, because if you're at the park, like they don't have bathrooms close enough that you're going to be able to make it over there, I guess. You know. Well, here's uh, from Poise.com. What causes light bladder leakage? Uh, ur- urinary incontinence is an extremely common condition affecting as many as 45% of women in America. What? The risk factors and causes of leakage in women are extremely varied. Take comfort in knowing that this condition is often very treatable, but in order to know what the best treatment options are, the possible sources must be determined. The predisposing risk factors for incontinence are numerous. Incontinence are, are numerous. Some risk factors in dietary irritants include smoking, chronic constipation, obesity, alcohol consumption. <laughs> alcohol consumption. All the... Caffeine intake. Blah, 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 blah. Here's, here's what I'm thinking. You know what's associated with having to go to the bathroom a lot is uh, like type 2 diabetes. Oh, okay. So I'll bet you type 2 diabetics. Diabetics, uh, it says. Multiple mm-hmm. sclerosis, oh, it says, it disease. Says there. That's listed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Type two diabetics, people with their you know glucose uh, off the charts and that type of stuff. They're oh, you know. wait a minute. There are a large variety of medicines that may contribute to incont- incontinence as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm there sure. There you go. So if you're taking the the beta blocker, it's gonna make you piss your pants. But then you gotta take the you got to take the um, the medicine that doesn't that stops you from pissing your pants and the beta blockers, and get a di- get some diapers. That's right. It, it's it's the yeah it's the me- it's our me- modern modern medical uh, the wonders of modern medicine you know but you know you have a an effect, because there is no side effects, there's only effects. So you have the effects of the medication that include peeing your pants. So, uh, it's not side effects, it's, just, it's effects on the side. Effects on the side, yeah. But they are, <laughs> yeah, it's no such thing as side effects. That's what the crap that you're taking does. And we have a solution for you. Yeah, wear diapers as an adult. And we just, yeah, and we'll work, we'll work society over to remove the stigma. It's easy to do. All you got to do is through repetition, just, hey, we're I'm a movie star and I'm wearing diapers and I, I just now dropped a load in my pants, everybody. How about that? Mm-hmm. And then just said that's a regular thing. And then pretty soon it's like, well, uh, Jack Nicholson craps pants on uh Jimmy Kimmel the other night. I don't know why I can't. (laughs) That's how this works, man. I mean, it's just, yeah. That's right. That's why you got to get ahead of the game with the adult tactical diapers. We're way ahead of the curve, man. What did we we call those things? What were they called? Uh... Duty commandos. Duty commandos. Yeah. A A A T D S. A T D S. Boy. Duty duty commando A T D S. Oh, you know what else we did this last year that was that was cool that we're going to do some more of is the is uh, 
Project New Cokes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're going to do some other ones. We've got some other ones coming up. Uh, uh, if anyone is not aware, Chris and I like music a lot. And, um, yeah. yeah, we'll start incorporating some fun stuff into uh, the afternoon commute culture. Things like that. Well, think um, about it. It's a cause for celebration to know that nukes are fake. It is. It is a cause. It's, it's nice yeah. to know. It is it's nice, nice to know. That also, that like that you can listen to a song, and that because of the because of the stigma that's been attached to you know bombs dropping and and all of that 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 that's all been used in. In um, in lang you know in language just to, like I said uh, for love and affection and things like that so or or just you know kind of in in um, in maybe a superficial way like like we said the jazz the jazz band you drop the bomb on me that funk song right right and it's all it's all it's all attack it all comes from you know nuclear bombs because those are the most devastating things well. In, in music, people took that and then they ran with it. But then, also on top of that, you had this whole—you had this whole uh, subgenre of of music that pertained to actual nukes, you know, atomic atomic propaganda in music. So it was—it's was pretty funny. Yeah, so you see that through a different lens, and um, yeah, yeah. As a reminder, I've been meaning. I well, I have all you know my notes on nukes and the circumstantial evidence of them being fake, and to do a whole call on that, I think would be in order. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to yeah, time what it. we'll do what we'll do is um, we'll just reverse roles. Whereas, like most of the time, I'm bringing something up to you on the afternoon commute, and I'm kind of running with the facts. You you have all your notes there, and then I'll be the I'll be the interviewer. Okay, that'll work. We'll do, we'll do a in we'll do a parallel universe afternoon commute where John is the host and Chris is the guest. Right, which ha- which it which there is such a thing in the multiverse. Yeah, it's already ha- it's already right. it's already happening. Anyways, we might as well um, we might as well have it in this universe too. Well, you hear um, Adam Curry talking about the multiverse. I have to wonder if he listens to Hoaxbusters call because. Uh, He's talking about the. He's using the multiverse. He, he's incorporating the reality of the multiverse into his his talking points. Yes, he was, and um, I think he actually had the right idea, like how these people actually think. That that, but it's not. But it, it's not in the literal sense. It's not actually how like you know um, Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about it. But yet. Interestingly enough, Neil deGrasse Tyson himself exists in a multiverse when it comes to, um, you know, uh, opinion and thought and those type of things. Because what it what it is is not really a multiverse. It's basically just the Orwellian um, idea of believing two things that oppose each other at the same time. So. Yeah, I had an elaborate theory that I was working on about Neil deGrasse Tyson, like where he actually came from. Kind of go, it kind of touched a little bit on you know how he was, um, you know, you know the the star of the popular sitcom Different Strokes at one point, and then <laughs> he had gotten into some laboratory experiment that mutated him, and then uh, and then he was. Trans, he got into, you know, of course, we have to incorporate the multiverse where he time traveled. And then when he appeared on the scene was around the time when the Gary Coleman passed away. 
and it's just I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's all has. If you can, if you bring, well, well, I guess the point being, if you bring in the multiverse, you have just for for explanatory power, everything. It just opens up all these avenues. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's got to be a fake name. I mean, first of all, I don't know any black guys named Neil, and I don't know anybody who's black that. Gross in their name. Obviously, yeah. a fake name, right? Yeah. So it, that Obviously is fake. more confirmation of my even, theory. And it's really not even the Degrasse. I bet there is some black people named Degrasse. There are no black guys named Neil. No, absolutely not. Why? You know, so that is just further confirmation of. Uh, that yeah, is a white guy name. That is that is the whitest. That, you know, that's one of the whitest names out there. Neil. I mean. It's only Jewish and white people have that name. Neil Diamond, you know, right? Okay, here's here's this. Okay, who were we referring to earlier? Gary. What black dude is named Gary? And then he reappears as Neil, another non-black dude name. Oh, yep. There you go. I got it. Yeah. He just basically took, he said, you know what, I'm just going to choose, like, a name that no black guy has. Obviously, it's going to be Neil. Um, he could have chose Todd. That would have been closer. But he chose Neil. And he said, "Who?" but I still have to have, like, a black last name. So, like, who's, like, really well-known? You know, what's a really well-known black? Well, hmm. Mike Tyson, Cicely Tyson. Mm-hmm. Tyson's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it all fits. It, it it stuff starts falling into place when you're thinking multi. What is it? Multiversally, you're thinking three dimensionally. Yeah. You're playing. You're doing three. They say, oh, some people like to do that analogy where like, oh, he's not playing checkers. He's he's playing chess. And it's like, well, how about three dimensional chess? How about that? How about that? How about that? Yeah, it's just, yeah. You got you got the. Uh, X, Y, the Z. He, he's the... playing interdimensional chess. Interdimensional. Huh? Inner or inter? inter, inter interdimensional chess. Multidimensional chess. Ah, there it is. Multidimensional chess. Yeah, I told you how... Um, well, I, I sent you the... You know, uh, the, you yeah. know what that means. You know what that means? Multi-dimensional chess. You and I are playing chess, mm-hmm. and then you, then you, um, you take my queen, and I just, and what happens is I just say, "Sorry, Christ, you still didn't win," because there's another universe happening right at this moment where I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Checkmate. My friend. Yeah. So check. So checkmate that. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. So in the course of my gloating and celebration, you snatch that bit away from my yeah. victory. I say, by saying no in the multiverse. I say I yeah soundly. Yeah, you're like yeah, I won. I'm like yeah, but did you win in the multiverse? And you're like, damn it. Uh, yes, I did. But then the then the question is: in all of the uh, multiverses, I I I don't know. You you have to yeah. It's yeah. It's good. It's good. Well, and then another thing about it, just one more thing about it, is if you mispronounce a word, or if you make any misstatement, or if you even like completely fabricate a new story and put it out, it is factual somewhere in the multiverse. So. In reality, there is, you know, when we have to incorporate the multiverse, you have to reinterpret fake news as something entirely different. There is actually, in reality, no such thing as fake news because it's true somewhere in the multiverse. So you have to remember Absolutely. that. So, now, yeah. on that note, on that note, would you like to hear a really interesting thing I just I found in a, in a book? I... In 19... In, in 1993, Alvin and Heidi Toffler wrote a book called War and Anti-War. Okay? On page 203 of War and Anti-War by Alvin and Heidi Toffler, they write this. 
unreal real time. Okay. Unreal real time. The new, media, the new media changed not merely reality, but even more important, our perception of it, and therefore the context in which both war and peace propaganda contend. Before the Industrial Revolution, peasant populations were illiterate and provincial relying on travelers' tales, church dogma, or myth and legend for their images of events distant in time or place. The second wave mass media brought distant places and times into closer focus and gave a you-are-there quality what purported to be news. The world was pictured as objective and real. By contrast third-wave media are beginning to create a sense of unreality about real events. Early critics of television lamented its immersion of the viewer in a vicarious world of soap opera, canned laughter, and false emotions. These concerns will seem trivial tomorrow, for the new media system is creating an entirely fictive world to which governments, armies, and whole populations respond as though it were real. In turn, their actions are then media processed and plugged into the fictional electronic mosaic that guides our behavior. This growing fix, fix, fictionalization of reality is found not only where it belongs in sitcoms and dramas, but in news programs as well, where it may promote the deadliest of consequences. This danger is already being discussed around the world. The Moroccan newspaper... Le Matin in Casablanca recently carried a thoughtful essay quoting the French philosopher uh, Badriard to the effect that the Gulf War came across as a gigantic simulation rather than a real event. Media, oh, okay, mediatization, the newspaper agreed, reinforces the fictive character of events making them seem somehow unreal. This irreal quality was amplified during the Gulf War by what amounted the television of television, TV2, as it were. Again and again, one saw video images of video screens showing targets and hits. So important was media imagery considered by that military that, according to one U.S. Navy commander, pilots in actual combat sometimes reset their cockpit video displays to make them show up better on CNN. Some weapons, too, it turns out, were more telegenic than others. Thus, harm missiles zero in on enemy air defense and fire tiny pellets at them. But the damage they do doesn't show up so well on television. What the cameras want are big bombs craters on the runways. New technologies for simulation make it possible to stage fake propaganda events in which individuals interact events that are intensely vivid and real. The new media will make it possible to depict entire battles that never took place or a summit meeting showing falsely the other country's leader rejecting peaceful negotiation. In the past, aggressive governments sometimes staged provocations to justify military action. In the future, they may only have to simulate them. In the fast, onrushing future, not merely truth, but reality itself may be a casualty of war. Hmm. How uh, about that? Well, let me play this little clip right here. Let's see if I got it. Uh... They got to know at some point. Who? Who? The, uh, you know, the... The, the, the public. They got to know? Yes. Stan, get with it. Who killed Kennedy? I read the first draft of the Warren Report. It says he was killed by a drunk driver. You watch the go-for. What do you see day after day? The one smart bomb falling down a chimney. The truth? I was in the building when we shot that shot. We shot it in a studio of Falls Church, Virginia, one-tenth scale model of a building. Is that true? How the fuck do we know? You take my point? Yes. All right. Okay. There's Falls Church, Virginia popping up again. Huh. I forgot about that. What's Falls Church, Virginia? I was wondering the same thing. It's a it's a suburb of DC. It's um Oh, is I that where the Americans you're saying? Yeah, that's where the Americans 
that's where the Americans is is uh, supposed to take place in Falls Church. Oh wow! I, I, yeah. That rung a bell when I was I was I was thinking about what was in that clip in Falls Church, and then I yeah yeah I knew I'd heard that recently. And that's yeah, what I, I, I have a I have a buddy who who grew up in uh, Falls Church. He doesn't live there now, but he he used to live there. But um yeah um anyways. Yeah, it, it, I was just funny because I was uh, watching that American show, and then the suburb that they happened to reside in, in was that um, was Falls Church. I thought that was funny, but yeah, there it is again. Hmm. Falls Church, West um, Virginia. Well, Virginia is known for its being an on uh, a sort of spook center. Oh yeah. Sure. Well, that's where everybody lives. They look, everybody who works in D.C. lives in the suburbs of D.C. Um, Falls Church is also where some punk clubs uh, were as well. Um, uh, what was the other uh, thing? The uh... Oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I... I um... What book was that from, oh, real quick, uh, so I can make that a note was of it? From Alvin and Heidi Toffler, War and Anti-War, from 1993. This is the book they wrote after Power Shift. So. Heidi Toffler is uh, his his wife? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of like that whole, um, like, um... Oh, who else used to do that? Paul Ehrlich and um, what's his wife's name? I can't remember her name. They used to write these books together. They're you know the the techno the techno futurists. Um, and Paul Ehrlich, you know, he wrote the Population Bomb, that BS book from the '60s. But he wrote it with his wife, and that some some of these guys used to do that. They you know husband wife. Yeah, Will Will and Ariel Durant, Will and Ariel Durant, both uh, they they wrote the um, the uh, history of civilization books. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Let's see. I'm gonna have to go here. China, moment, China, but... China, 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 China. Hey, Trump, chill out, man. <laughs> Yeah, that was an interesting little thing. Well, uh, so if so, let's say um, uh, Trump pulls us out of all this stuff, the UN and um, all that type of stuff. Is that making way for China to become the what taking taking over America's role, as it were? It appears that way from that article that the the TPP was a trade agreement with um among other countries J- japan australia i thought they were our I-, I thought they were considered cool so to speak but that they said oh no that's no good we don't want that and apparently according to this article that that's a great opportunity for china to to uh leverage all that um be a window of opportunity for them according to that article so yeah, and just so you know, like people for for decades have been predicting that the UN would eventually fail, and that the UN was only a step into the next phase of world government. So, if if you know the UN is not working out, or the US pulls out of the UN, I'm not necessarily so sure that that's some sort of indication that it's good. Like, like I said, the, the UN was one of those things, like the League of Nations, that was kind of designed to fail, but it got you in the door. You know, got you in the door for world government. Mm-hmm. I think right. one of the things that that they said from the beginning, these, you know, which you know, I, I used to read those John Birch books. They said, and even back then, the John Birch Society was saying, like, yeah, the UN's not even really designed to be the full fledged world government. Most likely, they'll have something else. And it was 
it, you know, like there's there's certain things in in the UN the way that it's set up. It's not really um, designed as a governing body. It's just kind of designed as um, to do exactly what it did to get. Uh, like you were talking about, to get countries to integrate and to become interdependent upon each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And to, adhe- to adhere, to get used to the idea of adhering to a global rule of law type thing. And from what I understand, that there is a lot of, I, I've, I hear this frequently, that building codes and stuff all over the United States are sort of uniform building codes comes down from the United Nations. Uh, yeah. There's other things. And I think that the International Association of Mayors that I've, I've referenced uh, several times is UN organization, UN organization as well. And regional, regional board of governors, regional board of governors. And the, you know, and then you see the implementation of the agenda 21, which is a, which is a U, United Nations, uh, set of policies and stuff. Now, they they sell these things as quote-unquote recommendations, right? So they're not regarded as laws, but now I'm, I'm now this is I'm not talking about the building codes, I'm talking about the uh the policies of the you know, agenda 21 so that uh there is that um sort of well, then again, too, it's like it's something that I well, bring up frequently. is like, what is law the, anyway? Isn't it just a bunch well, the, of suggestions the, to begin with? Yeah, the, I mean, there's stuff like, you know, there's not enough hours in the day to do all the research I would like to do. But here's the thing. You and I both concur. You know, you've been all over the country. I, I've been all over the country. Um, of course, you know, um, We've seen the um, homogenization of culture throughout the country. Um, the same uh, strip mall that exists here in California exists over there in Oklahoma somewhere, and all all over the country it's like that. On top of that, one thing that's been happening all over the country, um, I can just look in different you know travel magazines and whatnot and see this. Is and, and you talked about before, is the implementation of bike lanes and the stack them and pack them apartments everywhere, and the rising housing prices to kind of and, and rising housing prices are not just in California; they're everywhere. It comes with the gentrification process that causes the rents to go up, and then. People have to say, well, I can't afford to live in this, you know, three-bedroom anymore. I'm going to convert down to this micro-apartment, and, you know, I'm going to go minimalist. Plus, in all these magazines, it's uniform. They promote this minimalist idea. Minimalism is promoted in books and magazines and TV shows and everything. And so um, it's not just coming out of the blue. It's, it's something that is going on everywhere. And it's hip, it's cool, it's now, it's it's you know, it's fun, and it's not because um, they want you to care about the environment or they want you to care about anything else. It's because they want to rip you off and steal your stuff. Right. <laughs> you don't want to. Um, what, what's the word? Scale you down. And yeah. right, right. So that um, yeah, we we can take up less quote unquote resources that are we're always continually told that are in scarcity, but there that's another uh you know, fabrication, fabricated uh narrative yeah. that we're always sold. The fake the fake drought we've had in California here. Of course everybody's talking about how the drought's in because we just had so much rain, like, oh the drought's in. I guarantee you once everybody's forgot that it rained and three months from now They'll be able to scare the public again. Tell them that um, oh, it's a drought. Stop, stop using the water. Mm-hmm. Stop using water. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. I remember that living out there. It was always the drought. We're always in drought. It's always constantly. Yeah, we just got we just got soaked with rain. The mountains are full of snow. Um, everything's hunky dory right now. Everybody's talking about how great and wonderful it is yet in three months everybody will have forgotten the, the snow will have melted um you won't be able to see it visually and 
Governor Moonbeam will come out and say, look, we're in a drought again. You need to conserve water. Go back to the old way. So, yeah, that's how they do it. Yep, out of sight, then, out of mind. Yeah, and it's now, uh, short-term memories that everybody seems to have now. Yep. Now, get in your micro-apartment and eat that hot pocket slave. <laughs> yeah. Download some anime porn. Download some anime porn, kick back to your hot pocket in your micro unit slave. Your adult diaper. What about all these car attack car and truck attacks? Because I, I I recall that one of the anti gun control talking points would always compare the gun deaths to traffic deaths, you know, that was kind of a talking point you can throw at the gun con- gun control agenda proponents and then it, 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 so that it is it's kind of like a switch over to where like the, we're seeing all these like car attacks car and truck attacks and they call them they call just like they call gun they always refer to the implement itself not not a murder or anything like that they always call it oh gun uh, yeah, violence oh, or gun like death the, and they call them car like the attacks fake, the the fake one in france and then the fake one in germany uh-huh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, using the vehicle as a weapon, oh, pretty soon, not going to be able to drive around. But they, these these um, these um things seem to have subsided for the moment um, since, um, since, you know, the simultaneous, uh, just magical being, you know, all these countries being able to get, uh, quote-unquote, nationalist people into office, so... But you oh, know yeah. that's just the will of the, that's just the will of the people. You can't it can't be it can't be uh, suppressed. You know they they've spoken. Right, 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 right. And uh, so the, are the terrorists running scared now? Are have, have they did, did it spook them? We got the well, nationalist the, leaders in place now. Uh, listen, the elite's scared, folks. They are scared. They're scared, Dude, folks. Donald Trump is George Washington 2.0, okay? He is George Washington 2.0. What are you going to do, elite, when George Washington 2.0 has the military under control and the super weapons? What are you going to do then? And they're going to be aimed at you. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) What are you going to do, New World Order? It, it, yeah. When the Trump Towers come crushing down on you. What are you going to do, David Rockefeller? <laughs> uh, he's about had it, hadn't he? David Rockefeller by now? Come on, dude. How no, old is he? no, no. He's good. This year he'll be 101. This year I'll be 101. Alex, I have a whole entire new body for my soul. Bill Gates. I had my I had my soul extracted from my body and replaced in a brand new one. It looks exactly like an eighty-five-year-old version of me. <laughs> and they just roll him back out, and he's like only like twenty twenty years younger. Which I have to say, like when I saw the picture of him at his hundredth birthday, I'm thinking he's like you know eighty five. He's a hundred, but he looks, yeah, <laughs> he looks like he's eighty five. What? Uh, yeah, he's. You gotta remember this guy. This is a guy who, at the end of his memoirs, if you go read David Rockefeller's memoirs, the whole last part of the book is devoted he's saying that he's completely and totally devoted to um funding research and life extension oh i think he's had like 12 heart transplants or something like that (laughs) i have no idea he is 101 excuse me dick cheney dick cheney okay 101 years old June twelfth, twenty fifteen. That's right. Well, I'm going to have to go, Chris. 
Okay, you get some rest, Rockefeller. It's time. It's it's time for my breast milk snack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave. All right. Well, cool, that's man. How, that's how you know. That's how you know you're an elite when when you when you call D- David Rockefeller Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give you, I'll leave you with one quote from David Rockefeller. I I believe that the government is the servant of the people and not their master, David Rockefeller. Wow. The other other great quote from one of the Rockefellers is, real power is controlling everything and owning nothing. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Controlling everything, owning nothing. All right, dude. I will speak to you later. All right. Have a good one. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye.
fan. You want protection where it counts. That's why a team of ex-Delta Force commandos and BLM agents has developed a new product that will keep your payload contained, even in the most dire of tactical situations. Duty Commando. Adult. Tactical. Diapers. That's correct. They'll be there for you when the bottom falls out. Made with super-absorbent polymer hydrogel and a bullet-resistant Kevlar outer shell, they're the adult diapers that the Secret Service, law enforcement, the BLM, the DEA, the U.S. Armed Forces, and the TSA count on. And are now available to civilians in limited supplies. Duty Commando. Adult. Tactical. Diapers. Folks, you probably noticed that I haven't been getting up to go to the bathroom as much. That I've been more focused. Been more crazy. Doing more special reports. And that's because of duty commandos. Now, duty commandos are a super absorbent polymer and non-GMO cotton blend adult diaper. They are the best on the market. And you can find these and other game-changing products at InfoWars. Store.com today. That's a direct order. Do it now. <laughs>